It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. interesting municipalities in the entire world but the question that's on the ballot uh on this year on election day on november 8th has a lot more to do with government than just inside the 48 blocks of atlantic city so why should this question that we're talking about matter to new yorkers or people that live in yonkers or philadelphia or richmond virginia or chicago or baltimore or las vegas well The proponents of the question that's on the ballot this year in Atlantic City believe that a movement towards nonpartisan elections where there's no Democrat primary, no Republican primary, and then the winners of each of those go on to face each other in the general election. Instead, this system would have everybody's name on the ballot without a party. The people that are putting this on the ballot believe that this could be a model for a lot of other cities around the country. A lot of other cities already have nonpartisan elections, but this could be the shot in the arm necessary for other municipalities, particularly in the Northeast, to look at it. Here to uh, argue the contrary point of view is Michael Suleiman. He is the chairman of the Atlantic County Democratic Party. Uh, Michael, good morning. Thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Frank, good morning. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I know that you heard the interview that I did with Matthew James DeLuio Giacino, who's one of the people that had circulated petitions to get this question on the ballot. But for anybody that did not hear this discussion, this was his take on why nonpartisan elections matter for Atlantic City. Listen, at at the national level, when you're talking about large geographical locations and building coalitions, I can understand the argument for partisan politics. However, at the local level, the left-right paradigm really just falls apart. The the Democrat councilman that you mentioned that is endorsing this, um, I I ran against him last year. I was the Republican who ran against him. And the the, the interesting part was part of my platform as a Republican now was saying we have to do more and provide more funding to help with the homeless problem that we have. And the Democrat – was bragging about how he had stopped a housing development that was going to be built to housing. And so that is completely the 180 of what you would think if you were going into it with the ideology, thinking that, you know, oh, that Democrat's going to 
you know, be more liberal and support homeless people or whatever. And that's just not really the case. And you're, you're talking about a city. That's, we're going to be lucky if we have 3,500 people come out and vote in November in the right. city. Right. So what do you need partisan stuff for? Yeah. You know, and, and, and the sad part is it's made us lazy because it's our job as the citizens to research who these people are. Michael, uh, the argument, uh, the quote from Fiorello LaGuardia in the 30s, the mayor of New York, was there's no Democrat or Republican way to uh, clean a street. The argument is that the dissemination of municipal government services should really be non-ideological. Why is what that gentleman says there flawed? Why is this question something that voters should vote no on? Well, first, let's do a peek behind the curtain. Uh, I did get an email. As you know, I'm always on your email list, my friend, and I got your email that said, hey, uh, got this guest on here. Go check out this interview. And I, within three seconds, wrote back and said, oh, God, please, let me come on. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, here's a, here's a guy we had to sue last year for electioneering in Atlantic City, and I, I think we were successful in that, actually stopping his electioneering. So it gives you some context about the gentleman. Look, but he's not you know, the only one argue- for this, though. There are prominent Democrats and Republicans that are for this. There's Democrat members of the uh, Atlantic City City Council uh, and Republican, and the one Republican that's on the City Council. They're they're both for this. So it's not like this is this one guy versus the world. I mean, there are people on both sides of the issue. Well, I would say there's kind of there's there's two things. One, there's a couple of folks who happen to be political adversaries of the current mayor who are using this as a way to stick it to the mayor. You know, I mean, for all I hear that the mayor is unpopular, the guy keeps winning elections. So, you know, at a certain point, he's not unpopular. But really, this is just a ploy by the county Republican Party, as well as this uh, Craig Calloway, you know, to really to take over city government because they can't beat. You know, Mayor Small at the polls, you know, they want to do this roundabout way to take over the government. And again, you know, where where are the calls for this, you know, frankly, in more Caucasian towns, on mainland towns, uh, in Republican towns? Why is it a call for a heavily uh, Democratic area? Which, you know, forget the politics, forget DNR. A lot of your listeners, frankly, in New York, a city that I love, don't care. But, you know, Atlantic City is a big economic driver, not just for New Jersey, but for the entire Northeast. Mm-hmm. I mean, until North Jersey casinos come, or frankly, New York casinos come, rather, you know, you still got a lot of folks driving down the uh, parkway to come uh, spend some money here and uh, spend a night here. So, you know, you, one of the things we need in Atlantic City is stability in government. And you have some shenanigans like this that shows instability in government. It really deters investors and developers from investing in a great city like Atlantic City. You know, look at all the money that Caesars and Tropicana put in and other casino properties. A new uh, Bart Blatstein's doing a, a, a water park at Showboat. We've got a lot of good investment in Atlantic City, and we don't want to jeopardize it by having a whole lot of shenanigans at the local level. I but, mean, we can't uh, even get a supermarket because of it. Oh, right? no. Well, I'm all for, you know, investment in Atlantic City as somebody that loves to go there, as you know, and hang out there and throw parties and, and do yeah. all the things I've that... Uh, parties. Yeah, now, and I hope you'll come back this year. But um, uh, why do you think, I guess, the the part of what you just laid out that um, that lost me a little bit is, why do you think that a, a transition to nonpartisan elections would cause developers to not want to invest in Atlantic City? Because we just had a, a proposed change of form of government two years ago, and it failed 80 to 20. So clearly this is something the voters do not want. Frankly, it, we, we tried to get this thing thrown off because it should not have been allowed on the ballot any, in the first place, but 
hey, it is what it is, and it's allowed on the ballot. So clearly the, the voters don't want this. You know, I hear people all the time, didn't we just do this two years ago? So it just kind of makes the city look bad. It's always drama in the city, and that's the one thing I know certainly me and others are trying to combat. You know, enough drama. Let's come to work together. I mean, you know, the gentleman that was on a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, he lost last year. The good thing is to, the right thing to do would be shake the guy's hand and say, hey, we lost. You won. Wish you best of luck. Now it's well, you won, but we're going to try to screw you now and take over this, take over this government with this roundabout form of government change. So, you know, again, it's it's. I think that you know, voters benefit from a party system. They benefit and they save a whole lot of taxpayer money by having November elections to get rid of a primary and have May elections would cost the city easily fifty grand, mm-hmm. if not more, at a time where we're trying to lower taxes. But again, look at the state senator and the Republican county chair and. Craig Cowley will be on the side of raising taxes for Atlantic City residents. God bless the man. We're going to beat the hell out of him with it. So please, by all means, be in favor of higher taxes. All right. Well, so we're, I want to follow up on a few things that you just said. But please. Uh, in term, and we're talking with Michael Suleiman. He's the chairman of the Atlantic County Democratic Party in uh, New Jersey. But in terms of the primary process itself, one of the criticisms of the primary process, not just in New Jersey, but in many states that have a closed primary system, is that the people that tend to go out and vote in primaries in both parties tend to be extreme. Uh, The hard left in the Democratic Party and the hard right in the Republican Party. And if you have a city like Atlantic City, which is primarily a one-party city, or New York for that matter, doesn't that lead to the hard left essentially choosing all the elected officials in a manner that may not be representative of the city as a whole? Uh, not necessarily, and frankly, in a county like Atlanta County, where we are, not only we're a purple county, but we've got a mix of suburban, urban, and rural. So we don't, we certainly are a big tent party, and I think we're proud of that. And look at, frankly, a city like Atlantic City, where you had nonpartisan government for decades until the late 90s. Ironically enough, Craig Calloway was the one who led the charge to make it a partisan government. So Craig Calloway, for people that don't know, is the uh, a former uh, member of the Atlantic City City Council. He went to prison, I think, for voter fraud, and then he came out, and uh, he's still very much a Democratic uh, uh, power broker in Atlantic City. Well, he's a Republican. He's not a, he, he's, those are all Republicans now, but I, I get your point. Well, he was elected um, as a but, Democrat, but go ahead. Oh, sure, but now he's a Republican hack. Anyway, so in that time we had nonpartisan government, I think we the city elected like three candidates of color in that whole time. You know, frankly, one of the things that that you benefit from a party system is that you kind of have more candidates, more representative of the communities in which they serve. I mean, the Atlantic City Democratic Committee um, that we work with that are kind of under the county party, you know, they're disproportionately uh, black and brown and South Asian, and you have more uh, diverse candidates uh, running for office. So I think that's good for a you know, city like Atlantic City, where it's only 15 percent Caucasian. I mean, you know, I do think there's a benefit for having that party apparatus in place. And look, it, frankly, it helps. It props up the Republican Party. Let's be honest. You had, uh, you know, you, you, you had that DNR balance in the city where, look, five years ago, we had a Republican mayor in Don Guardian. He's now the assemblyman. Right. So, but uh, something I tells do- me, Michael, you're not opposing this question because you think the existing party system helps the Republican Party. Right. I, I mean, think it gives them. I think it gives them a fighting chance. To be totally frank with you. I mean, you look at Don Guardian. You look at uh, Jim Ustry. We have had Republican mayors, just in the same way that New Jersey has had Republican um, 
you know, Republican governors, and you, which is considered, quote-unquote, a blue state. Um, look, I, I think, you know, you can't beat something with nothing. And right. there's yeah, really no, been I, no facts that, that the, this new form of government would really be a benefit to residents. The only benefit would be they, they can get rid of Marty Small, which, okay, fine. Then you but, want to get rid of him, beat the guy at the election. I, I think, the, the personally, listening to your uh, analysis of it, the, the aspect of your argument that I think is the most powerful is the uh, conversion of the election to May which, as you point out, would lead to greater expense for the taxpayer. And, you know, we've seen off-year ele- or off-November uh, elections in New York, and the turnout is uh, far smaller. But uh, So I, I think that makes some sense that you may not want to go to the added expense of having a May election. And even some callers called in and said, well, it doesn't make sense to, um, you know, have an election that nobody's going to turn out in. But the, uh, the contrary view of that is that, um, if it's just the municipal offices are, that are on the ballot, the people that will turn out for that May election are folks that aren't interested in the congressional races, aren't interested in the gubernatorial races. They're coming out because they have a vested interest in making determinations about city government. Why is that a, a faulty way of thinking? Uh, God Almighty, I think uh, we have a lot, hell of a lot more faith in voters than the other side does. Uh, I think voters are smart people, and I think they can walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time, and I think they can uh, analyze and vote for more than one office. And, uh, you know, we do have a history in Atlantic County, and frankly, New Jersey in general, of ticket splitting. So I think that shows you that they like one party for one office, another party for another office. So you know, I think, I think, our voters can do the job adequately. It's not like New York, where I gotta love you, Frank. I, I, this fusion, this fusion voting thing is just so damn crazy and dumb. Uh, you know, you can have the same candidate on the ballot like four times for different parties. It's just uh, thank God we don't have. Maybe uh, Decina wants to go with that system, right? Where you got Eric Adams four times on the ballot. Well, but, I, I, again, I think if it ain't broken, don't fix uh, it. Again, and this has nothing to do with fusion voting, so I don't want to confuse. I, the, no, I'm just. Uh, no, no, no I sure, sure. I, New York has. There's a lot of things about New York's election system that are in need of reform. So that's a that's a whole. Dumb. That's not a separate show. That's a whole mini series. There are. Yeah, um, there are a lot of cities that um, that use nonpartisan elections. Los Angeles uses it. Chicago uses it. Phoenix, San Antonio, Dallas, San Jose, Detroit, San Francisco, Jacksonville, Florida. So it's not as if the, the, this proposal in Atlantic City is going to remake the wheel. I mean, there are a lot of cities that do this. Is it really that revolutionary if you're taking something that's used in maybe almost half of the hundred largest municipalities in the country and bringing it to Atlantic City? Well, I just think it's ironic that the folks who are pushing this in a minority-majority, heavily Democratic city are not pushing this in a nearby town like Egg Harbor Township, which is predominantly Caucasian and Republican. So you do see that it's the small piece politics at play. And frankly, for those other big towns, I mean, if a city like Atlantic City could spend 50 or 100 grand with uh, unnecessary nonpartisan elections, I shudder to think how much uh, L.A. could save in taxpayer dollars where gas is $7 a gallon if they did switch to elections in November. So I think those uh, bigger towns, I think, maybe have it wrong. And I think Atlantic City has it right. I mean, uh, you know, we're all trying to cut back and fight inflation, but government has to do its job first and cut back its expenses. We're and, talking with Michael Sugalon. Uh, He's the chairman of the Atlantic County Democratic Party. Uh, so uh, at first you said the, the current system would benefit the uh, – the current system benefits 
benefits the Republican Party in Atlantic County and Atlantic City and allows them to remain a sort of a player. And and now you're kind of saying what they're doing on the other side is uh, trying to not do this in Republican areas because they don't want to upset the apple cart. So it does sound like there's a little bit you're trying to have it both ways uh, rhetorically, but that, that's OK. Um, Michael, well, but you know what the issue here, though, Frank, is let's look here's let's break the fourth wall here. So the state senator who just got elected last year, a guy named Vince Palestina, nice enough guy, no issues with him personally. He's up for election next year. So the calculus is, hey, if we can take away the uh, the turnout from a November election in Atlantic City and move it to May, that'll help me politically because less Democrats will come out, which means I'll have a better chance of winning. That's the subtext here. Uh, and, uh, you know, now Palestina has denied it, but obviously he's county chair and Callaway, who works for him, I've been pushing it, so he's kind of having his cake and eating it, too. So that's the subtext, I think, for your listeners. This is just to help the Republicans next year. So this is clearly clearly voter suppression and trying to depress Democratic turnout because, look, you you know, you get a nonpartisan election in May, turnout's 15 percent, and turnout in November for, let's say, state Senate is a lot lower versus combining the elections, keeping the system we have. It ain't broke, don't fix it. And, you know, I mean, again, I think voters can distinguish one race from another, and they're, they're pretty darn smart. Uh, there are a lot of folks that say you are in some ways the least objective person on this question because you're a party leader, and there is a sure. thinking that this will diminish the influence and the power of party leaders. Uh, is there anything to be said for that? Maybe some of the, some folks will say that part of the reason you're so opposed to this is because you don't want to diminish your own influence in picking elected officials in your county's most democratic city so i don't i don't think i i take elected officials i wish i had that type of power but uh, i appreciate that sentiment look i'm a party guy there's no doubt about it so am i objective here no but uh you know talking to look i'm in Atlanta, like i love atlantic city i'm in atlantic city a lot i talk to a lot of different communities uh all the different neighborhoods black communities Brown communities, Hispanic communities, South Asian, Caucasian. I talk to everybody, and you know, you, you get your finger on the pulse. You know, you go to a restaurant and ask the uh, owner how they're doing. You go to a laundromat, ask the guy behind the counter how he's doing. So you talk to these guys and gals, and you figure out what makes them tick. And they don't want this. I talk to them. They say, "Look, Mike, this is stupid. Why are we wasting this? Let's get the potholes fixed." And they're right. They, they get the potholes fixed. Uh, get more police on the streets and uh, get the streetlights working. I think that's what people of Atlantic City care about. But, yeah, hell yeah, I'm a party guy, and I'm proud to be a party guy. And the Democratic Party is diverse and strong, and we're doing a good job. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there can be uh, non-political arguments against something like this, and I think uh, we've got the arguments on our side. You are certainly a, a frequent visitor to Atlantic City, but uh, I don't think you actually currently reside in Atlantic City, unless I'm incorrect, Michael. Is that right? I do not, know. Okay. So there are members, Democratic elected officials, including members of the Atlantic City City Council, that are for this. Uh, the City Council President, uh, George Tibbet, I believe. I think uh, City Council Member Bruce Weeks is also for this. So if this is a, sort of this um, this surreptitious plot to help Republicans running for election next year, why would Democratic current sitting elected officials within Atlantic City be for it? Uh, because it's not about parties. Look. Weeks and Dunstan and George Tibbet, who I still like, they hate the mayor. That's like it's 
not the most uh, exciting answer. But really, they just hate the mayor and anything they can do to screw the mayor. And this is viewed as screwing the mayor because they can get rid of them more easily, presumably, with the change of government. So that's it. That's literally the only reason. They don't like the mayor. Mayor doesn't like them, apparently. So that's why they're they're for it. You've said a few times in the last few minutes that um, th- that the current system has led to a more diverse slate of candidates and a more diverse slate of elected officials. Could a case be made that the increase in diversity of candidates and elected officials is also a reflection of the growing diversity of Atlantic City itself? The city has become more diverse over the last 20 years. Could that be part of the reason that there are more uh, candidates of color being elected? So the city is becoming more diverse, and you're seeing this kind of nationwide trend um, where the only two groups kind of grow uh, the well, Hispanic population has seen a huge explosion of growth. Um, and in Atlantic city, I think it's kind of 33% black, 30% Hispanic. And I think South Asian populations creeping up there, eight, nine, 10% somewhere in there. So you are seeing the, the city get more diverse and the white population going down. However, I would argue if you look at facts are the disproportional diversity of our city committee, for example, has, been outpacing or been ahead of the overall population change in the city. For example, a couple of years ago, thanks to the diversity of our party, we were able to get and get candidates installed, the two uh, first South Asian candidates for city council. So we had two South Asians, so it's a big deal. Atlantic City's got a big uh, Indian and Pakistani and uh, Bangladesh uh, community, a very bustling community. But at the time, it was probably that the population was probably at most 5% in the city, but our city committee, especially in those wards, was probably an overwhelming majority of South Asians. So we were able to get those folks installed. Now we're at a point on the last census where it's 9 or 10% where that community is now increased. So it allowed us to be ahead of the curve, like, hey, we know the direction the city's going. We have two South Asian candidates of color. Now we have uh, African-American and South Asian folks on council. We don't have – we did have someone of Hispanic descent. We don't have that now. It's my hope we can get a Hispanic back on city council. But, no, the, if you look at if you look at the demographics of Atlantic City and look at our city Democratic committee, the city Democratic committee is, is certainly more diverse and more um, uh, divergent than the city uh, population as a whole. Uh, talking with Michael Suleiman, uh, chairman of the Atlantic County Democratic Party, the argument for diversity, I think, you know, it definitely holds water with a lot of people. But we always tend to talk about diversity in racial, ethnic, and gender terms. Is there also an argument to be made when considering an electoral system of the need for political diversity? Would Atlantic City residents, would Atlantic County residents, would New Jersey residents, would residents in other cities benefit if there was not just essentially one-party control of a municipality? Well, I think you know. Again, voters are smart. I think they can they they have the ability to to you know. I I don't know. I just think the other side looks at voters as sheep and they don't know what the hell they're doing. They just blindly vote. And I, as someone who knocks on a whole lot of doors and asking for votes, I just I don't agree with that assessment. I think vote and and the guy you had a couple weeks ago should he just ran he ran for office last year got his butt whipped. So but the guy that beat that him though. is for this though. The guy that beat him is for the same change. Again, that he's and, for. and 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 and. Look, I, I don't want to embarrass my friend George about private conversation he and I had, but you know he was very much against this for a while, and then he and the mayor had a fight, and 
Now he's for it all of a sudden. So small p politics. All but, right. Um, uh, I'm almost out of time, Michael. Two questions I got to ask you. You've um, you've said a couple times that the voters are smart. You've talked a couple times about all the elections that Marty Small has been winning, and he certainly had more than his fair share of wins. If he's doing such a great job, and if the voters are smart, why can't Marty Small simply win in a nonpartisan election? I'm not saying he couldn't. I mean, frankly, when you go from turnout of, let's say, 45 or 50 percent to turnout of 10 or 15 percent, where there's you know a greater likelihood of ballot shenanigans by Callaway and ballot harvesting that even President Trump has called out, uh, I think there's a greater chance of taking anybody out, quite frankly. When it's a low turnout, anything can happen. It, it's, uh, it's unusual to... Uh... To hear a big county Democratic chairman calling out bar- ballot harvesting, uh, I'll be seeing you and Donald Trump campaigning against that together in the coming weeks, I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, uh, finally, Michael, and this might be the most controversial question I ask you, gun to your head. You have to pick your absolute favorite restaurant in Atlantic City. What is it? Chevola. Chef and Bola. I hesitated because either that or Cafe 2825 because I was just there last week. But Chef Bola is probably number one. Michael, I will see you on New Year's Eve, if not before. Thank you for taking the time. Looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Thank you. It. Michael Suleiman. If you want to comment, you can do so. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. 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 Midnight